Well, hello there. This is your friend, Haley Crusher Kane, coming at you for the first Crusher Talk of 2022. I think we're on Crusher Talk number 16 or something like that. Hope you enjoyed my um, written message that I sent last week, last Tuesday, while en route from Washington, where I spent Christmas with um, my mother and my stepfather up in Bremerton, Washington, driving all the way back through to San Luis Obispo, California. And I talked a little bit about the snow we encountered all through Washington and all through Oregon. It's so disconcerting when we have so many memories of driving through both of these states in various times of the year, but it being very hot or even being on fire. Um, This is the first time we've experienced this much snow um, on this particular drive. So it was an interesting excursion. (laughs) It was a very magical holiday for us, and um, we're glad to be back home feeling rested and boosted. Um, I have my booster. Dr. Kane has his booster. I am feeling the achiness. I got it yesterday, so... I got it about around 11 a.m. yesterday, and I was told that most people don't really have too much issue with it except for some sight pain on the injection site. Um, but I definitely started to feel quite achy this morning when I woke up. So I'm very happy to be boosted. It's exciting. Um, I don't know. Is it exciting? <laughs> it's uh, It feels like a proactive thing to do, um, and I, there are very few proactive things that we can do in this COVID environment. So I consider any anything we can do to, um, you know, help stop the spread or help stop getting the virus is a step in the right direction. I'm trying to keep a positive outlook for the new year because why start off on a bad note, right? Um, I think 2020 has taught us a lot about uh, what uh, wh- what we can achieve and what we can accomplish if we put our minds to it our limitations, but also ways that we can um, move towards our goals. And looking back into 2021, I was struck by how grateful I am that um, you guys out there were able to um, experience and enjoy and um, just share the energy around some of the creative projects that we were able to create through the Crushers and the Crusherverse and um, very grateful. Um, I, I was looking back thinking, oh my gosh, did that really come out in 2021? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, we look back sometimes and think, we didn't do anything all year long, but then you look at the output creatively, and it's quite awesome. Um, being signed to Kitten Robot Records in the beginning of 2021, and then putting out three singles, um, putting out Church of Flag uh, in December slash January, the my version and then Dr. Kane's version, um, putting out cassettes and CDs and a cl- that clear, beautiful, clear lathe cut. I had forgotten we had done that with Red Spade Records up in Canada and Rita Records up in Canada. And it's just funny how things sort of meld together. And it's important to look back and take stock of some of these things. Um, as a band, it's been, let's see, five or six years now, maybe five years, maybe six years, um, which I guess seems like a long time to do anything, but it really has flown by. It has felt like every single year we've 
um, continued to just go down this path of trying to write better songs, trying to record better songs, trying to collaborate with interesting people, trying to play new places. And um, it's always a joy, honestly, even when things are hard or difficult or shows end up not as great as we thought they would or you get to a town and there's no one there or, God, there's so many things like that that have happened. Um, Speaking about right now, you know, we're looking at, we're in the mastering phase for the new album so excited you guys I'm so excited to have a new album however you know we had promised everybody that it would be out spring 2022 and of course we all know that vinyl production delays are unprecedented Um, there's a lot of factors involved in what's happening with vinyl there's a lot of different um, things happening coming together converging if you will to create a clusterfuck of epic proportions for anyone trying to put out vinyl right now. So we've actually been reaching out to different people we know in the music community, and we've actually found a couple options, one actually in Germany, who may be able to get the record together in four months turnaround time, which, believe me, is like lightning fast at this point. There are uh, manufacturers that are impressing plants and whatnot, who are saying they're completely booked out the rest of the year. They're not taking new people um, eight to nine to ten months uh, turnaround. And even with that, nothing guaranteed. So, you know, God, this this COVID thing has been, it's been interesting. From day one, I've thought, I want to know, like, I'm, I hate this, but I'm curious. I was curious about the output in the albums that would be coming out in 2020 and 2021. Um, because of course that's going to be influenced by the global pandemic. And then 2022, we're just seeing more of that. We're seeing, uh, artists affected, not just with the amount of physical merch they can put out at once or whatever, or shows being canceled, but also like their spirits being tested and you're seeing songs that are more somber and, We've certainly written a lot more songs that are somber and more adult, quote unquote, this time around. And I think the, the global pandemic has a lot to do with that. I did write quite a bit of music in 2020 and 2021 that um, it, it's just a little bit more on the serious side. So not to say you're going to have a boring emo record because I promise you that will never happen. In fact, my my idea of sad and somber may be someone else's idea of absolutely chipper. So that could be a, quite a possibility. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that's where we're going with the, with the album right now. We're just looking at the vinyl production and trying to figure out how we can get the physical stuff all together for you at one time, which is always so hard to do in general. It's like a lot of moving parts, but with the final production, it's a little bit iffy. Um, but yeah, we're, 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 we're actually working on the art right now. I just double checked over Dr. Kane's most recent version of the art. It's so cool that he does. He's such a great artist and he's has such a great eye. We do use a lot of, um, or partner with, I should say, we partner with and compensate a lot of artists that, create work for us and then we kind of tweak it to be to our liking but this album cover really is um mostly Dr. Kane we had a friend come take some photos in our living room of the band and from there it's both it's mostly been sort of a photoshop job 
but um, I'm really proud of what he's been able to create with this with this album artwork. I was just looking at the back cover. We're just putting in the little logos and things for the excuse me for the label um, Kitten Robot Records, and we are hopefully going to be co-releasing this one with Eccentric Pop Records, who um, is has fabulous distribution and. Um, Travis Woods over there is incredibly cool and helpful. It has been a one of our first, probably our first supporter since day one, since we sent him a demo in, I don't know, 2016. And he said, hell yeah, let's do this. So we're hopefully going to have that distribution. And um, yeah, we're just uh, getting everything wrapped up. So before I ramble too much about all that crap, um, I'll get into some of the stuff that I've been thinking about since the new year has begun. Obviously, this is a time when people are thinking about New Year's resolutions. Many of us are. Not everybody, but I'm sure some of us are. I certainly am. I do like the idea of a fresh start, and I have my little modes of creating goals that I think are attainable. Um, but one thing that I've been thinking about quite a bit that perhaps it's coming to me now that I'm a little older this isn't something that I had really thought about too much in years past around this time, but it, it's a feeling that keeps coming up, which is all around there are these messages, both culturally, like societally, and through just our own little communities, our our families, our friends, um, not speaking of anyone in particular, by the way, but uh, I think you can relate to this, where it's all about a brand new you, it's the new Jan Brady, Hey guys, it's the new Jan Brady. Remember that from um, the Brady Bunch when Jan comes out in the giant Afro wig, the new Jan Brady. We're all trying to be the new Jan Brady. And that's the message. Obviously, this is nothing new. This is not a new um, insight. This is mostly created by, um, you know, companies that want to prey on your, um, your, your feeling of not being good enough in the beginning of the year, feeling like you may have not accomplished what you needed to accomplish the year prior. We all are susceptible to those things, whether it's weight loss or um, eating healthy or, um, I don't know, learning Mandarin or whatever it is, like keeping up with these new routines that we want to have or improving our um, skills in some way, improving our job, our earning, uh, whatever it is that you might hang your hat on as something that um, correlates to your worth as a as a person in good standing in this country, whether it's your physical appearance, your job, your earning, your standing in the community, blah, 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 blah. It's a whole bunch of bullshit. Um, they're going to try to hit you where it hurts at this time of the year. And the marketing is has gotten a little bit more sinister, I feel, because Maybe this is just pessimism on my part a little bit, which is very uncharacteristic for me. But I mean, after COVID, we're all kind of shaken and way more feeling like we're out of control and unable to control and plan for our lives as we wanted to with travel restrictions and the fear of getting and spreading it. And, you know, there's so many there's so many reasons why we are a little bit softer this time around. So this new year, I'm like, these marketing companies need to, need to lay off a little bit because we are out here surviving, thriving. I mean, if we if we if we've made it through this hard time, we're we are killing it basically. And if you're doing anything above that, you hats off to you. 
I will give you a slow clap. I will rise to a slow clap for you because it is so hard right now to do anything. Um, it's hard. We're all going through collective trauma that's happening in slow motion and, and unfolding on a daily basis so slowly sometimes that you forget that you're in a burning building. But we are in a burning building. Um, it is a totally... It's something that is hard for even the human mind to grasp. I, I, I find I have moments where I'm in the grocery store, I look around and I see everyone in a mask and I suddenly feel my tight my my chest tighten, I start feeling panicked, and I think, what the fuck? Is this what our world is? Is this it? What the fuck is going on? And I come back into my body and I just go like, I want out of here. This is not this is not good. And it's like, I don't know, it just it's, it's a weird world we live in. Anyways, where was I going with this? So we're all talking about being having new skills, being new, adding new parts or facets to ourselves, being the new version of ourselves, being the better version of ourselves. And I feel like it would be really cool if each year, instead of trying to create this new persona or add this new great thing, this sparkling you know facet to our personality, which we're going to not do, by the way, because that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. But what if we integrated a piece of ourself that we had before the world crushed us? Example, a childhood trait, perhaps something that is in line with our core values of who we are as a human being since the moment we were born, which we all have these gifts and aspects of our life. What if every single year we integrated one of those those old things about ourselves, perhaps things that we've denied ourselves or things that we were told were not um, of value in our culture or in our society. And like, for instance, playfulness, creativity, open heartedness, the ability to take risk. Um, if you look at little kids, obviously their brains are not quite developed yet, but they're not as worried about what's going to happen if they do this or that thing. They're not worried about what people are thinking about them, at least until you tell them they should be worried about it. Um, I think this is coming up for me because I am getting older, but also I'm seeing my friends raising children and I'm watching those children go from babies to humans. And it's incredible to see this blank slate turn into, for in, in many cases, awesome human beings that are just taught that they are absolutely worthy on their own. They don't need um, external validation to do what they want to do. Um, encouraged to be creative, encouraged to take risks, um, not, not, not raised with that fearful, that fear-based mentality that I think my generation is so um, affected by. Even, even the ones among us that had more lax parents, the culture was very you can't have sex. You can't do drugs. Dare to not do drugs. You're going to get AIDS. Well, AIDS was a little bit past that. It was a little, it was a little bit simmered down by that point. But I mean, I remember TLC, you know, on MTV with their little like condoms hanging from their ears on their earrings and stuff. Like everything was about safety. It was like safe sex. Um, you know, don't go too far outside the lines. You know, you need to go to college and you need to do this X, Y, and Z to, you know, make it in the world. And I'm sure that's a mentality that pretty much every generation before me has felt in some way. But there is definitely like an opening happening, a consciousness shift happening in the young people, 
not just the Gen Zers, because I could say things about Gen Zers all damn day, and a lot of them are not nice, but <laughs> mostly because Gen Zers want to make fun of uh, the old, decrepit millennials, and they 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 hit us where it hurts sometimes. Um, and also because I don't understand half the stuff that comes out of their mouth. I really don't. Get off my lawn. I'm old. Um, and the other part of it is just watching these children around me of my friends kind of grow up and, and seeing how they either kind of take to um, a self-exploratory kind of way or they're kind of taught to they're bad and need to be small and seen but not heard, etc. Um, I think that the the more I go down the journey of following my musical kind of desires, I am traveling back in time to who I was when I was like seven, eight, nine years old and spending time alone writing and loving every minute of it. Um, it's funny, I've gone back to drawing portraits of my dogs, which I used to do constantly when I was a kid. I would get up every day and do a portrait of my dog and do a self-portrait and I would do all these drawings and I've been drawing more, doing little music videos. I mean, I remember doing that with my sister as far back as I can remember. We were always, we were lucky enough to have a camcorder and we would make videos to Weezer songs or Oasis songs <laughs> or like, you know, all that 90s stuff that was on the radio. And we would make movies with our stuffed animals. And the more that I go into, I feel like my true calling, I find myself kind of mimicking those character traits as an adult, which does not mean that I'm not um, taking care of my life or being a quote unquote productive member of society because I, I am. But um, I think there's just something to be learned about that and something I think that perhaps there's old facets of ourselves that maybe never really got a lot of use. I mean, why throw out all the old stuff about you and go for the new stuff when you probably haven't even explored all those old things that you were and are still today. And I just thought, that could be such a cool concept to bring up to you guys. I don't know. Maybe it's something that you need to hear right now, or it's just confirming these thoughts that you have of like, hey, I used to love to travel, or I used to love to um, make pottery or do sculpture or dance. Um, I know my sister loves to dance, and she's uh, just had a, her first child. She's been unable to do social dancing, which is what she loves the most, which is dancing with strangers. Of course, way more exciting to dance with strangers than dance by yourself. And that's not something she can do right now. And she's really wishing she could do it. And that's something that she's always kind of had as part of her core being. Like she's just been someone who likes to dance, likes to move, likes to dress up, likes to be theatrical. Um, it's not something that was necessarily learned. It's just who she is as a person. And there's all those parts of us that we can come back to instead of looking outside of ourselves for this new shiny thing that's going to like make us amazing or worthy or awesome or help us find whatever the hell we are looking for. It's like we're all just kind of looking for whatever we had when we were before we were crushed by this world. And I think that that's available to us. I'm, that's an unpopular thing to say, but fuck new, fuck new stuff. Like, let's go back to the old be the old Jan Brady, be the the oldest version of yourself, like 1.0 beta, just go go back and just think about who you were and who you are. I do love to journal. That's something that's been a through line throughout my life. And for the years that I didn't journal, they're like 
an empty void. I can't even, I don't even know what the fuck happened. I have a terrible memory and which is probably why I journal too. Um, it's a way to kind of experience my life. Otherwise I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's just funny, like, now that I'm back, I've been back at it a pretty hardcore for the past maybe five or six years, like, every day. And it's like I've come back to myself. It's like, why did I ever stop doing this? Um, who gives a shit if anyone else is doing it? I mean, if I if I want to do it, I should do it. So I just, whatever this is bringing up for you, I hope that it's encouraging. And I just don't want to buy into the whole new year, new you bullshit because the old you is awesome. And my guess is the old you never really got the spotlight it deserved. So bring out the old you. Um, one thing I'd like to bring up too, that has helped me in the past couple years, I just find it interesting and it's helped me in the realm of getting shit done. And let me be clear, it's not something that has helped me, like, I mean, it's really been a practical, functional thing. It's a thing that I see as a tool, and it has nothing to do with, like, who you are as a person. So please don't get annoyed with me when I tell you about this. So I love Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, and I love that she calls them tendencies. Basically, she posits that there are um, four tendencies of all humans. And I say tendencies and she says tendencies because it's not, there's four types because we all know that's reductive and that's not what humans are. We're all these multifacets of different things, but there are four tendencies of, of people. And the thing she focuses on the most is how these people, how these tendencies get shit done. So if you're somebody who is going into the new year thinking about what they can get done, as I am, I want to get shit done. I want to get so much shit done, you have no idea. But the thing is, until I realized my tendency, I had a little bit less idea of how to make myself get shit done. Because it's not about a moral failing or about um, not having all the information or, or just not having the time, really. It's about your tendency. And this may be annoying for some of you. I know a lot of people... and in particular, the rebels among us that'll probably be like, you can't box me into one tendency. I'm not saying that this is like who you are. But I do like that these are generalized buckets. And each one has this particular way, a workaround, if you will, a manual of how to get shit done. So I will briefly bring them up here. I just really like Gretchen Rubin's work. She has a podcast as well called I believe it's called the happiness happier. I think it's just called happier. Um, the podcast can be a little a little cheesy, and sometimes I'm like not in the mood for that. But I have read some of her books, and learning about learning about my tendency has been a game changer in learning the ways that I need to create like quote unquote resolutions or things I do want to improve or things I do want to get done. So the first one is upholders, and upholders generally these are the most annoying people to me. They generally meet all inner and outer accountability with like flying colors. These are the people who are like, oh, what do you mean you didn't get your entire to-do list done? Of course I got my entire to-do list done. And they're, it's like the rarest group. But And, and by the way, you can be a mix of, of all of these. You can be a mix. So th- when I'm talking about this, think about where you might fall on each of these. Some of these you're not going to relate to at all and you probably have nothing to do with. I'm not, a, I'm not an upholder. 
um, in that sense that just because it's on my to-do list, it's going to get done. And just because someone assigns me something, it's going to get done. They readily meet inner and outer accountability like that. They don't question it. They meet accountability. They meet all their deadlines um, without any uh, very little struggle, very little internal struggle. Um, there's Then there's questioners. Questioners also... Um, successfully meet inner and outer accountability. But the thing about questioners is they're not going to meet that deadline, if that's the example we're using, unless they feel that it is it is a valid deadline to meet. So a questioner, I'm a questioner, by the way, is going to ask a lot of questions to figure out if the deadline is even worth doing. And if it's worth doing, they're going to do it. But only after they come to their own conclusion that this is the right thing to do for them. So these are people are more of the black sheep and they're a little bit more, they stand outside a little bit more because they are, they don't really care what the general rules are. Whereas upholders are like rules, any rules. I love rules. Give me all the rules. Questioners are like, give me rules, but I need to, I need to vet them first. I need to ask questions. I need to see the reason why this rule to not cross, not jaywalk is important. A questioner is going to jaywalk unless they know a reason why they're not supposed to jaywalk. So that's questioner. I'm definitely a questioner. Um, they're annoying because they ask a lot of questions. Every tendency is annoying. So I've been told my whole life that I ask too many questions and it's like concerning or it makes people feel like I don't believe in them because I'm just asking a million questions. But the questions are how I get to a point of actually like making a decision. So I have to ask questions. And I'm, I'm, I also was in journalism for like over 10 years. So that's questions for you. That's the questioner. Um, so the next one is obligers and most people are obligers. And from the outset, the name of this one seems like it might, they might be a shrinking violet. This is not true. Obligers are amazing people. Obligers get a ton of shit done. However, they have a really hard time meeting inner accountability and they often need external accountability like a buddy or a partner or somebody relying on them to get shit done. So these are people that need workout buddies um, that feel like they need somebody kind of waiting on them to get something done or else they're not going to do it. So a lot of people are obligers. I know a lot of obligers in my life and that's a tendency that you can actually slip into no matter what kind of person you are. But it's funny once you know these tendencies, because there's only a few of them. There's one There's one more after this. There's a, it's a very small amount. You can kind of put people in these buckets and learn, oh my gosh, this person is never going to get this thing done unless I give them a deadline. Obligers need a deadline. They need outer accountability. They need somebody checking in on them um, and or they need somebody who is like their accountability buddy, partner, whatever, to really get inner stuff done. If it's something for someone else, like someone else needs a ride to the airport, they're down. But if they need to figure out how to um, get a ride to the airport or uh, a flight or whatever, they may put it off forever because it's for them and not someone else. So that's obligers. Now, the last one is, as you probably imagine, rebels. I believe I'm a questioner bordering on a rebel personality type. Rebels absolutely also get shit done, but they get shit done... They in spite of themselves, essentially. Uh, a rebel is not going to write a to-do list. If they write a to-do list, they're going to not want to do anything on the list. They also are people that generally want 
you've probably heard this a lot. These are people that say things like, um, I want to do, I want to be spontaneous. I'll do it when I feel like it. I don't want to do it right now. I'll let you know later. Like these are people that even if they sincerely want to go to lunch with a friend, if that friend is trying to schedule a specific date and time, they're going to bristle against that. They may still agree to that date and time, but they're, they're less inclined to maybe want to hang out with that person, if that makes sense. Or if they have resolutions or things they want to get done, they basically have to trick themselves by saying, I can get this done whenever I want to. And this has to do with me and my decision. Instead of thinking, well, there's a deadline coming up for that application, so I better get it done. They, they have to kind of think to themselves, well, my core value is I believe in education, so I must get this college application in on time for my own what I want and what I want to do. And I'm going to do whatever I want, essentially. So that is, once you know that, you know a lot of rebels out there. And you might know if you are a rebel. I'm definitely a questioner rebel, mostly a questioner. Um, oh, also something interesting about questioners I love is that questioners often say things like, well, New Year's is just an arbitrary date. Why would I start, if I want to start a New Year's resolution, I'll just do it whenever I want. I'm not going to just do it on New Year's Day because that's like the thing. And I, tell me you don't know people like that. And it's annoying, right? Well, it's just an arbitrary piece of paper. Marriage doesn't mean anything. It's just whatever. This is questioners. Questioners can make anything mean what they want, but they have to get to that conclusion themselves. Um, so yeah, those, those are my uh, four tendencies kind of things that I, I like to think about. I did not invent them. This is all Gretchen Rubin. She's a self-development um, person, but she is also not trying to sell you anything because there's plenty of free stuff about the four tendencies, including free quizzes and stuff. So she's not trying to like immediately funnel you into some sort of like program to fix yourself. And one thing I like about her as well is she's not saying this is your tendency and it's bad and you should fix it. She's just saying, know yourself better. If you know yourself and you know your tendency, you know how or how not to write a to-do list, or how or how not to inspire yourself to do or not do something. So um, I leave that with you because I was thinking I should um, maybe include something helpful. Um, I would love to just ramble about my life and talk about music and stuff, but I know for me, I do like to listen to stuff that is uplifting. I like to listen to stuff that has some practical um, knowledge. And if I come across things like that, that have worked for me, I'm happy to share them with you. So, um, I hope that was an interesting and hopefully helpful podcast. Um, I think I will, I know I will see you next Tuesday or I, you will hear from me next Tuesday. We're back on track now that we are past the holidays and all of those roadblocks and things. And we had two weeks of kind of, uh, weird, uh, crusher talk one week where we didn't do crusher talk. Cause I was actually, you know, didn't realize I'm going to be in a van driving. And, um, I do this just straight onto my laptop. I don't edit anything and it would have been way too noisy. That, that noise of the van rattling is just, that would annoy the crap out of you. So we're back on track. And, um, yeah, if any of you have any connections with the uh, vinyl production, pressing plants, stuff like that, please let me know. Um, I am, I am open to any sort of information that you might have. And, um, I guess until we chat again next week, I hope that you are having a great start to your year and I will chat with you later. Sparkle hard guys. Bye.